in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my fellow member of the Umbrella Academy, Taylor Sokol. Uh, he's number eight, I'm number nine. Uh, today we're reviewing the third season of the Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy, is based on the comic book series of the same name by Gerard Way. That's right, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, uh, and il- illustrated by Gabriel Ba. Uh, but the show is created by Steve Blackman. And yes, with third season, again, we had a bit of a hiatus because of the pandemic. But coming back for season three, this is the first time we've gotten to review the show on the podcast. Uh, I've really enjoyed this show so far. I got into it when season two came out. I, I binged both of those back to back and uh, Taylor, you just did the same thing, but with all three. This is the first time kind of watching. You went one, two, three. So, all very familiar right now in your in your in your mind. Uh, season two left off with quite the cliffhanger, so it was exciting to see where they're going to go with season three of this show. But uh, Taylor, kind of give us a brief synopsis of what the show is about, and this will be a spoiler review. Spoiler warning. There it is. So, if you don't want to see the future just yet. Uh, go back and watch this and come back later. So, yeah, so we left off season two, um, you know, the Umbrella Academy. They were in the 60s and they, you know, had to stop, you know, doomsday, essentially. And they end up, you know, once again, banding together and saving the world and they get back to their own time. Or so they think. And we're left off here with season uh, two ending where they go back to the Umbrella Academy. They go back and their dad's alive, which is, you know, weird. And they realize their house has been replaced by all these other kids. And, you know, he doesn't recognize them. And they see they are called the Sparrow Academy. And, of course, we see a familiar face back from the dead, Ben, who is not dead. And he's uh, seemed like an evil version. So this season starts off right, like literally ending, uh, beginning right where that ended. And they're kind of facing off with them. And now they're trying to figure out, okay, well, first of all, what happened to us? You know, what's going on? And... How, how can we fix this? We're in another jam. You know, what, what's the situation? And I, I loved how this season jumped right into it. I, I love the connection of, it felt like, you know, no time had passed. Obviously it had. Um, for me, like, you know, having binges through, I was pretty excited to jump right back in. And uh, it can be a tall order when you have to introduce a whole entire bit of cast members. And I thought that added a really nice little kind of wrench into the things, if you will. Yeah, it's always tough when it's like, oh, here's the other team and we have to tell as much of their story while still keeping up with our main team that has been the focus of the show. Uh, and this this series has always had these these interesting mysteries that have gone on and, you know, the connection of their father who, you know, he's not their biological father, but they, you know, relate to him as a father and how the Umbrella Academy was really raised were not not in the best spirits and to see that this man is alive, this whole other team. Why is this like this and what's going on? And I mean, the show has always had this great mix of it's a superhero genre show. It does have some quite some dramatic moments, but a lot of goofiness uh, and, and silliness while having some great action with some, you know, decent amount of gore, which I do appreciate for this type of show. Um, I love that. 
the show immediately was like, all right, we're going to the tensions there. Like, this is our house. Why are you guys in our house? And it's like, no, this is our house. This is Sparrow Academy. And it's like, you know what? There's only one way we're going to be able to do this. And they look at each other and it's like, you think that Luther and Marcus are about to have what is going to be a fight. And <laughs> it goes into this whole footloose dance off, which was really funny. But you knew that had to be part of it. it was like, this has to be a dream or something. And the thing was that Diego had been infected with this venom. One of the Sparrow Academy can shoot venom. And it was all a dream sequence. But I did kind of love how the show, yeah, it went right into a big, just awesome fight. But it didn't feel like a fight that, like, it wasn't like anyone was going to die. Because there was these silly little sides that happened throughout the house where it's like, like, they'd be sitting there and, like, talking to each other. And then these two would be fighting. And these two would be fighting. It's like, who are these guys? I don't know. The new guys. I don't hear. You know, it, just, it had a little bit of humor. All the while, we're having this mystery of something that's happening in the basement. This giant ball of energy that has grown from them showing up. And that really was the, the premise of the whole season really was mostly them going to this hotel. A lot of it was sent in this hotel because they've been kicked out of this house. It's not their house. It's the Sparrow Academy. Trying to understand how they got here. Why is this timeline happening? And what this this big kind of destruction ball is happening down in the basement. Uh, and one thing I want to I want to kind of jump in at the beginning that I was curious to see how they were going to handle this in the show, and I think they handled it very well. Uh, and they didn't do it like in an over the top way. They didn't do it in a kooky way. Since the season two to season three, uh, Elliot Page has transitioned, and they wanted to have that also for the character of Vanya. To become Victor and I did think the show did it very well you know in season two Vanya had a relationship and found something new inside of her and they kind of you know continued that into season three and so I like that Victor goes and gets a haircut and they're like oh what's with the you know, haircut uh, Vanya and he goes it's Victor and they're like what and he's like I've always been Victor and just the way that the they wrote that story for him and the way that the family just accepts him was really beautiful. Cause like, it just shows that like this show has a lot of, again, goofiness, goofy fighting. They have all these powers, but as it really is these, this oddball family that's been put together, I liked how they handled that. And it didn't seem like out of character for, for Victor. What made it great for Victor's character, Elliot page is that, he had such a bigger role as more of like a take charge, like where the first two seasons is Vanya. Very meek. Yeah. Very meek. And that's just part of the character has been, I've been shut away and, and I actually had this power all along. I'm actually probably the most powerful member of the Umbrella Academy. And where now it's like Elliot Page's character as a Victor having this voice and have like, listen, I have a stake in this. And like, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to speak my piece because the thing about their characters and that this family is they all kind of have their moments, uh, but you know, they do come together, but it's nice to see where, you know, they all can kind of voice. And I, I really like that. The evolution of that character. I, I completely agree with you. It was well done. And it added more to the layer of the story. And I like too. there was an angle of like, like Klaus and five were trying to go off and find out who their birth mothers were. And this kind of mystery unfolding, too, of discovering that all their mothers had been killed the day they were born. So, it, 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 you know, again, it's like, how do we even exist right now in this time? And that was a cool, I thought, 
point to the show because like Klaus, you know, is one of my favorite characters in the show. I've just always loved his debauchery and how, you know, his power is supposed to be able to see the dead, control the dead. And he he drinks and does drugs to kind of not use his power. And he just lives this very hippie free life that his mom was of the Amish was just, you know, like that bit was just so funny. And five, five has always been a character I've just loved because he he's. He looks like a 16 year old kid, but he has the the speaking voice and stuff of like a 52 year old man. Like the way he just talks is so funny in this show. Uh, and I I like that they kind of discovered this whole mystery of, well, who how is this possible in this timeline that this would have happened? But then we see other things where like things don't exist now in this timeline because of the time jump. Uh, you know, for example, Allison, her daughter, Claire, doesn't exist anymore. So she's, of course, very distraught. And this season actually really led to her kind of becoming more of a, a villainous character. She went to a very dark side, which understandably, if your daughter doesn't exist anymore. And you, and you also in dealing with like in living in the 60s and the racial lot of racism. segregation and having this husband and building a life and then that stripped away. So she went through a lot of trauma for sure in these past two seasons now. Leela showing up uh, and all of a sudden having this kid and being like, this is your son, Diego. And he's just like, what? And Diego now having to become like a dad figure to this kid uh, who, uh, you know, wants to be just like him, wants to try to do dangerous stuff, but isn't always, you know, Diego is not built to be a dad. And even for that, there was a lot of the season where he went from, I'm the guy that, that does the fighting and stuff to trying to be more safe with, with the kid. And I, I like that uh, writing as well. And then like Luther, Luther being this big, dumb idiot character, which he's been since the beginning. He's just a lovable ape. He's just a goofball. You know, we have this rivalry with the Sparrow Academy. And this, yeah, Ben is just really written the season to be. He's the total opposite of the Ben we knew uh, from the Umbrella Academy. He's a very cocky. He thinks his team's the best. Uh, but to see that Luther falls in love with Sloan, one of the Sparrow Academy and having this, you know, he kind of sees he kind of sees what the Umbrella Academy should have always been a place that has like a, a great gym and they have like smooth, like all the stuff that Umbrella Academy should have been. The Sparrow Academy is like, they have like TV, like, you know, they have like billboards, like they're, they're a beloved team. Yeah. And the Umbrella Academy kind of fell from grace from that. And I will say some of the Sparrow Academy had some great powers. Like I like the one dude that like, if you punch him, it actually ricochets to you and you feel the blow. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Uh, the Venom girl, Sloan has kind of, you know, she can kind of uh, telekinesis in a way with her hands. And it was it was a fun kind of dynamic of the rivalry. But we have this Kugel Blitz, this thing in the basement um, that's just growing and growing. And, and that became the central. There's always like a doomsday situation going on. That was the doomsday situation of season three was this thing is growing. It's going to eventually eat the whole planet, the whole universe, really. But I want to talk about Reginald for season three. This is an alternate Reginald who I've always enjoyed his character. You know, that that the way he speaks and, you know, the big thing, too, is when it was revealed to us that he is an alien. I've always wondered how are they going to approach that with the kids ever finding out? I was like, is that something they're supposed to find out? But this was a slightly different Reginald. Still very stuck up in his ways, but one that had more of a more love to give, I guess you can say than the old Reginald. And I liked how much him and Klaus got to do this season because I think of all the characters, Klaus 
I think had it pretty bad with the old Reginald um, and him, <laughs> the sequence of him and Reginald kind of how, how can we help Klaus to figure out that he really can survive death over and over again was a very funny comical, you know, him constantly being hit by the car over and over again. And he keeps getting, he goes from 12 minutes to eight minutes to six minutes. And I was like, Oh, I like the Klaus's Klaus has always come off that he's had these powers, but he doesn't really know how to use them. I think he'll be able to use them a lot more moving into the fourth season. Uh, I really enjoyed that storyline too. Yeah. And I, I, I do like that. We get uh, some, uh, some familiar faces back too. We get Pogo, uh, obviously an alternate biker <laughs> edition, which is, which is so great. When I saw the, uh, when I saw the trailer and I saw him come back, that was really great. Cause I really wanted more from him. And unfortunately he, he meets his end uh, from Vanya in season one. So we get this kind of alternate version but i do love i I, speaking relationships i really like diego and and lila's relationship of you know of her because you know she's had to come to terms with the fact that her whole life was a lie and that you know she her parents were killed and you know she was meant for these great things i do love their dynamic and especially with um this kid who's you know stanley who's supposedly their son but what's not she just stole him from someone else she stole a kid yep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you stole a kid, um, which is great. And um, so I really enjoy the dynamic. And talking about the setting, I like the fact that we're at this hotel setting. It's very creepy, very kind of, it's kind Shining. of like the Shining mixed with the Continental. John Wick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I love, I love the, you know, the Mater D, not Mater D, sorry, concierge. Uh, <laughs> this is a concierge. Huh? Uh, he always plays that really good creep, uh, kind of like, um, snooty kind of person so i thought that was really well done and i like that you know coming into you know we continue to see this kind of creepiness about this hotel like little again layers are peeled back that we still don't know a lot about you know it's original and and there's all these like kind of things but we are getting kind of a understanding of you know all these women that had these babies you know how what is this kind of like this dust or something that you know they absorb like what you know so we're kind of still left with that mystery like well, what is it? Like, how do, how do we, you know, come to be? So I thought that was kind of really interesting that there's still so much mystery, but it keeps you, like, guessing. Yeah, and on top of that, we had this mysterious character kept showing up with headphones and was constantly listening. He had all these tapes in a briefcase and seemed like he had to listen to, to some kind of noise for some reason. And in this big moment where the Sparrow Academy did show up to the hotel to almost kills some of our umbrella academy he steps up and has this huge blast moment he actually kills two of the sparrow academy and victor's like harland and it's like oh that's the kid from the 60s yes. that she gave well he gave powers to and this is him now in this timeline grown up and i thought it was cool to have that character you know be like you left us and Imagine that too, like the craziness of Victor in the 60s being transported with all the rest of his team to this now 2019 in what is felt like three days. But for Harlan, it's, you know, 60 plus years. It's like that's kind of a mind thing to think like that kid was a kid and now he's, you know, a middle aged man. And the big reveal really of. That one, he is dangerous. His powers, especially with his emotions, can be crazy. That when his mother did die, 
that he was so angry that he had this kind of big emotional blast moment and actually it killed all the mothers of the umbrella academy and so that was just like kind of crazy but victor tries to hide that from allison and that was kind of a big thing where it's like again i get it where it's like you're trying to you don't want you don't want him to become like a victim just because he had an emotional moment but allison really takes it very personally that that's the reason why claire doesn't exist in this timeline is you know so it's like all these little pieces that that fell to this and the sparrow academy wants harlan dead and i like that they were like let's find a way to if i gave him powers i probably could take his powers back uh i thought that was a cool way to be like let's just not kill this guy you know it's not his fault i gave him the powers uh so they do they do successfully get the powers back from harlan but then Allison kills him and gives him the Sparrow Academy. And I was like, Allison is gone off the dark end. Like she's so, and it really became a huge, just the two of them, the whole season was, was they could not, they couldn't meet. They couldn't, you know, brother, sister was not on the same side. And the two of them were always very close and, Ooh, it just gets, uh, it gets darker and darker. But, um, yeah, we eventually kind of lead to, you know, there was that whole scene where Five and Leela go and find old Five, uh, which I always think is kind of funny when you see, you know, Five and different, and he's like in the big, looks like a big glass iron, iron lung. It's like, yeah, iron lung, basically, yeah. And he's like, you know, oblivion. And he's like, don't save the world. And Five, I did kind of like that Five gets to the point where a lot of the season he's like, old me told me not to save the world so maybe one time i should just listen and not you know because they're always like he's like in the last 23 days i've had to save the world twice i just want a little retirement and some peace uh <laughs> he's a 16 year old kid going out have some have some booze and some cigars and just live his life uh but we kind of lead to sloan and uh luther are gonna get married and the world really is it, it goes from the kugelblitz going from just in the mansion to it's like they're they're stuck in the hotel and the the thing is the size of like the sun and it's just a floating hotel which i was like really all of life has been destroyed elsewhere but this hotel um but we'll kind of get to why i think in a second but i did like we have this mysterious room with a buffalo head and there's a map on there and there's something in this hallway that's got a very sharp scythe and at one point diego's fingers get chopped off and it's like don't go in there but that's gonna be the key to kind of surviving anything but there was one filler episode the episode of the wedding which again i i thought was a nice touch with they're trying to get reginald to kind of have, have more of a more of a relationship with his kids and they're yeah. trying to, even klaus trying to get ben to loosen up and be like you know he's always like why are you guys always so getting off about your old ben and it's like because he wasn't like you. He was a nice guy. You're a, you're an asshole. Um, and they even paint asshole on him. But then, you know, when they wake up from the from the party um, and I like the kind of the bachelor party moment with Luther, like doing karaoke and also having a blast. You know, those little moments are fun character moments. I think that's one strength of the show. It's always had a good writing for their characters and having them fun. But it did feel like, OK, we really need to get to an action moment and we're just killing time because we have to do 10 episodes, you know. Uh, to get to the kind of the big fighting moment with the guardians at the end of, of the, the season. 
and I don't know I think season two just had more there's more oomph with like the, the war going on and the way that that whole big battle at the end happened but I did like these guardians I thought they looked pretty cool it was very like Ghost of Tsushima at least Samurai <laughs> right, yeah yeah I was these like, oh. three giant looking we're not we're not quite sure what they are uh they're kind of made of bugs these humanoids yeah they're oogie boogie mixes Tsushima <laughs> <laughs> Oogie, I, mean, I was like, was what the- is all these bugs going on here? It was like weird. Uh, but they're all very strong, and uh, you know, they're they're trying to kill all of our team, and uh, even that was a very dramatic. I thought was like, a, oh wow, uh, when Reginald does kill Luther with his alien scythe hand tentacle, whatever that was, yeah, um, to bait them to go do this, and then when they all run to the hall, he pushes Klaus, but Klaus. That was kind of a cool moment when Klaus is like, I need to kill myself right now. So otherwise I, can I won't. Yeah, otherwise I won't be able so to he come like back. launches like... himself onto the buffalo horn and just <laughs> kills himself. Um, I loved, yeah, Luther and Klaus in the void. He's like, this is it, bro. You just and it was funny. We had just watched Stranger Things, which has a thing about pineapple on pizza. And then yeah. I'm watching this the like, next day and it's like, bro, you put pineapple on my pizza. I was just yeah. like, that was just funny. Uh but I love the two of them in the void, and I was like, I kind of actually want to see more of them in the void. Uh, but yeah, the whole ending was—I thought it was a good ending. With the the guardians was a cool action moment, and then it got very alien. With is this thing a spaceship? Yeah, it, you know what? Kind of, it kind of like it kind of annoyed me. It made me like because there was nothing like prepped up for this. It made me feel like we're in a Indiana Jones four moment. You know what are we going to? Are we going to space? No, the space between spaces. I'm like. So they basically have all the all the you know Umbrella Academy members, and Allison does his secret deal with Reginald that like, oh yeah, so like, hey, I want to get my 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 actual family back, my my daughter and everything back, sure. And then he leads them all, and basically they're used as like little batteries to power this machine, and they're all like being killed off. They're being sucked like you know the mummy uh, husks, and um, so then. You know, she's like, no, like, don't press that button. All of a sudden, whew. so they walk out this door. Everything looks like it's back to normal, but we're missing some people. We're missing, we're missing Allison. She's not there. And we notice some things are, you know, different. People uh, don't have their powers. You know, Luther's back to normal. So it's, so we're like, wait, what's, what's happening here? And it was, uh, it was pretty interesting too. And, um, when who was it that killed Reginald? Was it Victor in the end, or was it Allison? Right? I think it was Allison because she took one of the scythes and she sliced his head open. And he's like, "Whoa, he looks like you a see, like the blue and green kind of blood and stuff." But yeah, the big kind of cliffhangers. Allison does get her daughter back, and so she's happy. But all the rest of our team don't have any other powers, and they all just kind of go off their separate ways. And uh, it was. I like the visual too of of that little end, little park they're at. It had like you know six separate little walkways, a little secret garden, kind of garden with all the hedges. And, and even like, you know, yeah, Diego and Lila are like, well, we have a baby on the way. It's just we don't have to do any fighting. Let's go. They live there. You know, five's like ah oh, retirement. Everyone's excited about it except Victor. And and then we see this this statue, this park. It's like for Reginald Hargraves, and then we take a visual up to what looks like a giant city with all the businesses are for Reginald. So like whatever happened with this deal, it was going to lead to a world where everyone must, you know, he's the big billionaire in town or whatever. 
And then he goes to this giant building, very uh, reminding me a lot of like Blade Runner and stuff. And we see Reginald with his wife, who we only got a brief glimpse of in, you know, the, the whole mission of Luther on the moon, which was all really just to, to get him out of the way for a while. On the other side of the moon, we had this little visual of the mom being kind of like in an ice. Yeah, so basically like there's – and this was kind of teased in season two as well. They're like, oh, your mission on the dark side of the moon. So we were always kind of like what was going on at the moon? We don't really know. So that was kind of left like kind of hanging there. So we're like, okay, interesting. So maybe there's more to that. Yeah, and again, always what what really is Reginald's motives as this alien with these babies with you know doing this Umbrella Academy? So yeah – you know, I kind of like that in the end we have what is really like our OG team back. But yeah, Sloan's not there. So now, of course, Luther's like, I want to find Sloan. I want to go back. Uh, we have Ben, who who knows if Ben's going to be kind of back to what Ben roots are or he's going to stay the kind of the guy he is. And who knows where it's going to go from here. I love what Klaus is so disappointed. He's like, oh, I'm not immortal anymore. Like, I was like, <laughs> man, I would want that too. Exactly. So, you know what? Season three, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Uh, I think of the three seasons, it's the weakest of the three, but I still had a lot of enjoyment with it. I like the character work in the show so much. Some great humor, some great action, and it's it's a bonker show. You know, it's like it's not your standard superhero show. I think it has a little. It, it likes to make fun of itself. It knows how to have fun. Uh, for me, I want to go with season three. I'm going to go like seven out of 10 uh, as a whole, I think, for, for season three of Umbrella Academy. You know what? I'm going to agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, the character work is great. Also, you know, great visuals, amazing soundtrack. Again, I will say little, I think, I know the source material and, and what that's based off of, but how many seasons is it going to be like, oh, the end of the world? You know, I want to see something more and i'm hoping that we're going to get that it hasn't been greenlit but I hope we're going to get that for another season with there's a lot of potential for that one so yeah seven out of ten with me as well uh what are your thoughts out there we want to hear you uh you of course you can always uh you know let us know and uh go back and actually if you're feeling uh festive go back to the academy and enroll you can watch all three seasons of the umbrella academy on netflix exclusively and that was this edition of potential picks Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.